What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. It's Wednesday, February 8th. I'm Josie Duffy Rice. And I'm Juanita Tolliver, and this is What a Day, the podcast that hopes to run long enough to be linked romantically to Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, when we're 19, he'll be 98. Oh! <laughs> but that's ideal matchup but dead ass i'm sorry leo i know you're not gonna be 98 in 16 years but you know don't apologize to that man (laughs) on today's show rescue workers are racing against time to find survivors from monday's earthquake that hit turkey and syria plus another energy giant posted record profits last year But first, last night, President Biden delivered the annual State of the Union address. Because the people of this nation are strong. The State of the Union is strong. It was his second time addressing a joint session of Congress, but unlike the last time around, he spoke to a divided government, complete with swipes and heckling from far-right Republicans. There's a lot to unpack from the president's 82-minute speech, so we brought in our friend John Favreau. You may have heard of him. He's kind of popular around here. He's co-host of Cricket's Pods of America and knows a thing or two about how these speeches come together. John, welcome back to What A Day. Thanks for having me back. Can't believe it's been a year already. Time flies. Would you rather be here with us or would you rather be writing the State of the Union speech? Good question. It's not even close. It is the most miserable (laughs) speech to write of any other speech, like hands down. Yeah, I could imagine that. All right. So, John, thinking about tonight, how is the current state of the union? And overall, what do you think of this speech? I know the process behind the scenes is miserable, but what do you think of Biden's performance tonight? I think Biden did a great job with what is always a very difficult speech. He said a lot of popular things. Uh, I was watching some of the dial tests on our group thread, the Crooked group thread. And, you know, he spent a long time, I'd say almost half the speech, on the economy, on what he's been doing on the economy, on what he's been doing on jobs, what he's been doing on costs. And a lot of it, I think, I imagine was very, very popular. I think that he handled the Republican heckling pretty well. Um, He made them look small. Masterfully, if you will. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like he was into it. He was into it. He was lively. He was energetic. You know, he fumbled over a few words here and there, but I would rather him be lively and energetic and forceful and stumble over a few words than like hit everything (laughs) and be sort of dry, right? And I think he projected a lot of confidence and he showed that he was the adult, he was the leader, and that the rest of them were acting like children. So I thought that was very effective. And they needed someone to shush them. I counted four times McCarthy had to shush his conference. Like, come on. My grandmother would not have been having it, but he did his best. And they didn't really listen, which is par for the course, because they don't usually listen to Kevin McCarthy. We should also point out who was invited to the Capitol last night. Tyree Nichols' mother and stepfather were among the VIPs. Let's take a listen to President Biden introducing them. There's no words to describe the heartache or grief of losing a child. But imagine, imagine if you lost that child at the hands of the law. Imagine having to worry whether your son or daughter came home from walking down the street 
playing in the park or just driving a car. Here's what Tyree's mother shared with me when I spoke to her, when I asked her how she finds the courage to carry on and speak out. With the faith of God, she said her son was, quote, a beautiful soul and something good will come of this. Biden also spent a good chunk of the speech talking about police accountability. While he called for higher standards for law enforcement, he didn't explicitly say anything about the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. So what did you make of that in that moment? First of all, I thought it was one of the more moving sections of the State of the Union, Mm -hmm. a speech that is usually very workmanlike. And to the extent that there was poetry in the speech and sort of moving human emotion, I think that section really captured it. I think it was a lot stronger than his section on police violence last year. Right. um, When Mm -hmm. all he did was talk about funding the police. I think he was Mm -hmm. much more forceful here. We loved that. That was great. Yeah. And I, Mm -hmm. you know, it's interesting that he didn't actually, I mean, because he has been calling on Congress to pass the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, uh, especially over the last couple of weeks. I imagine because he knew it's not going to pass and there wasn't support for it, he didn't call on them to do it again. It's interesting, this entire speech, I don't think he called on Congress to pass almost anything. Mm. The line was, if you try it, I'll veto it. Right, right? yeah. Like, that was the yeah, line. Yeah, he, he did. He pledged a few vetoes here and there. And he mm. sort of laid out the stakes of the debt limit fight and talked about that. But I think it was a realization that he's not getting any legislation passed these next two years because of the Republican House. Yeah. And I do want to touch on the humanity you just mentioned, too, because when he talked about the talk that most black and brown parents have to give their children, I don't think I've ever heard a president talk through that talk. Have you, Josie? Obama did, and his approval ratings dropped (laughs) drastically. I mean, it was nice to hear it, I think, from a white president, frankly. He's standing up there as someone who's lost a child, talking to another parent who's lost a child, which is obviously not a club anybody wants to join. I just was thinking about the connection between the two of them. Obviously, it's a very different way that they lost their children, but there's no way to get past that tragedy. Right. I would love to go back to that masterful, unscripted move where Biden put his mental agility on full display. He managed (laughs) to flip from Republicans booing and heckling him into getting some degree of unanimity on taking Social Security and Medicare off the table in the debt ceiling fight. And I want to know what your reaction to that moment was, because it was giving part troll (laughs) and part master negotiator. Right. Like so. What was your reaction there? And what do you think it means when it comes to resolving the issue around the debt limit? Yeah, I think he very deftly exposed uh, sort of the pickle that Republicans uh, are in on this issue because a number of them have proposed Medicare and Social Security cuts. And those who haven't proposed Medicare and Social Security cuts, it's going to be hard to balance the budget like they've said that they wanted to do without touching Social Security and Medicare. I think that My view on this is that Republicans have uh, looked at enough polling to know that Medicare and Social Security cuts are not popular, not just with the American people, but even with their voters, even with most Republican voters. But when has polling stopped them? Right. Yeah. No, we've seen (laughs) the numbers on plenty of issues. (laughs) I think that what they will try to do is to make deep cuts to discretionary spending. Right. Which is all the spending that's not defense, not Social Security, not Medicaid, everything else. And look, those cuts would be painful and destructive enough. Mm -hmm. And I think that what Biden's trying to do is sort of smoke them out. Because what they're going to try to do is just say, 
that we're spending too much money. We just want to make cuts, but not specify the cuts. And anytime they actually start specifying the cuts, they know it's going to be very unpopular. Right. So he's now got them to say no to Social Security and Medicare, and then we'll see what's next. There's still education, healthcare funding, everything from food safety to airports. I mean, it's a lot of stuff that they're going to have to cut if they want to balance the budget that's going to be extremely unpopular. Right. Right. Related to this question about the economy, Biden also had to once again do the difficult job of communicating where we are with inflation in the economy. And based on recent polling, there does seem to be a gap between the pretty historic gains that the administration is making and what people are feeling in real time. Have you guys heard about eggs? Because I have. (laughs) Uh, Do you think he adequately captured the reality? Like, do you think he sold, you know, the fact that this is getting better? What was your take on that? I don't think... Any president or any political leader can make people believe something that they don't feel. Mm -hmm. If you're someone who has gone to the store and seen higher prices over the last several years, even if it's getting a little better, you're still feeling that pain. You know, you're still stretching your paycheck. And what he decided and what the White House decided was to use this speech as an opportunity to say to people, hey, I realize that things aren't as good as they could be right now, but here's what I've been fighting to do the last couple of years. And by the way, it's been a lot. And by the way, these other people who've been heckling me, (laughs) they haven't been trying at all. Mm -hmm. That part. Right. And in fact, his whole veto threat about uh, them trying to repeal the Inflation Reduction Act and specifically what that law does for prescription drug prices, which is lower prescription drug prices and lower healthcare premiums, and any kind of repeal of that law would raise prices at a time where inflation is already too high. He tried to make it more of a choice than a referendum on whether or not he's fixed the economy. Mm. And from my vantage point, another use of this speech was a potential re-election campaign speech vibe, right? Like I was getting that energy because the primary theme here that the president kept repeating was that, look, they've done a lot. There's still more work to be done. And now it's time to, quote, finish the job. That sounds like a 2024 campaign slogan to me. I want your reactions to that. It's funny you said that because... My dad texted me halfway through the speech and said the exact same thing you just did. (laughs) He's like, I think that's the slogan right there. It's not a bad one, right? Because it's not claiming full victory, which he can't do. But what he's saying is, you know, we've made some progress. And if you elect me, I'll make more. And if you elect the other party then, you know, we're going to go backwards. Mm -hmm. Because it's about that contrast, right? Like that's what it comes back to, drawing that contrast with Republicans. Yeah, exactly. So what about some of the things he didn't address? For example, abortion only got a few lines in the speech, although he did talk about Ticketmaster, which I didn't see that one coming. Uh, (laughs) What was missing from your perspective? The balloon. Uh, How how did he not mention the balloon? I know. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was a speechwriter in my former life, I would have been looking for cuts at the very end, right? It was a little (laughs) long, the speech. It was longer than last year's speech. So I think he got everything in there that he had to get in. I think anything that he did not think he had the power to change or that this Congress would change with the Republican House, I think he didn't mention. Mm, And so I think that left him with either accomplishments he's already done, executive actions he could take on his own, upcoming fights that he's going to have with this Congress over debt ceiling and principles and values that he wanted to get across. Mm -hmm. And I think he probably didn't want to go down the path of any pushing for legislation that wasn't going to get a hearing or anything else. And so like on abortion, you know, again, it was a veto threat. You pass a national abortion ban, I'll veto it. And that's about as much as he could do. You know, maybe if he wins reelection and there's a Democratic Congress, we'll uh, we'll hear a different kind of speech. 
John Favreau is a co-host of Pod Tip America and also the host of Offline. Thank you so much for joining us, John. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. We'll be right back after some ads. What a day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be holiday specific you get flowers you're getting flowers everyone's (laughs) getting flowers (laughs) go to books.com and use promo code wad for 25 percent off that is b-o-u-q-s.com promo code wad books promo code wad what a day is brought to you by fast growing trees fast growing trees is the biggest online nursery in the u.s with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love Fast Growing Trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, And that's not because I have a green thumb, okay? This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Therapy is great for, you know, you know that thing that just is like sitting on your shoulder, you can't get over it, and you just sometimes need somebody to talk through it with? Therapy can be helpful for that, you all, okay? You got to get it off your chest, you know? And you can do that with BetterHelp. So visit BetterHelp.com slash WAD today to get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month at BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash WAD. Let's get to some headlines. Headlines. As of our record time of 9 p.m. Eastern, the death toll from the earthquake that struck Turkey and Syria has now reached over 7,700 people. Tens of thousands more are still missing, as rescue workers in both countries have been working in freezing cold temperatures to find survivors amid the rubble. Turkey's president has declared a three-month state of emergency for the 10 provinces affected by the series of quakes. 
New reporting from the Associated Press has found that in the years before Tyree Nichols' fatal beating, the Memphis Police Department has struggled to hire and properly train new officers. Of the five former officers who have been charged in his death, two of them only had a few years of experience. None of them had been on the force for longer than six years. And despite a policy requiring a ranking officer to be on the scene of any incident where an officer uses a stun gun or pepper spray, no supervising officer responded to Nichols's arrest. The Justice Department is already conducting a formal review into the department's practices, and seven additional Memphis police officers are now under investigation for their role in Nichols's death. The New York Times also reported yesterday that one of the officers charged in the fatal beating took a picture of a severely injured Nichols and texted it to at least five people. Horrifying. BP, the company that brought us hits like the Deepwater Horizon oil spill in 2010, is the latest energy giant to post record profits from last year. Yesterday, the British company reported raking in $28 billion in 2022 as oil and gas prices worldwide soared following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. That's nearly double the amount of money it made in 2021. Its competitors, including ExxonMobil and Shell, also recorded record-breaking windfalls in the past week. But seeing all that green on its balance sheet means BP has decided to backpedal on its earlier pledge to actually go green. The company was aiming to cut emissions from the fuel it sells by up to 40% by the end of the decade. It's now looking at a 20 to 30% cut instead. BP says it will shift its investment strategies to, quote, shorter term, fast payback projects. Hmm. Mm. As a company that sells non-renewable dinosaur goo, what could go wrong? Over 100 transgender rights activists occupied Oklahoma's state capitol yesterday to protest proposed attacks from GOP lawmakers on gender-affirming care. Demonstrators entered the building chanting Trans Lives Matter to protest two bills that would limit access to gender-affirming care in the state. One would ban health care professionals from referring anyone under 26 for transitional care. The other would ban trans youth from getting gender reassignment surgery. The demonstration comes after Republican Governor Kevin Stitt gave his State of the State address on Monday, calling on his party to ban all forms of gender-affirming care for trans youth. These are just two of many anti-trans bills pre-filed by Republicans ahead of the state's legislative session. I mean, they just couldn't wait to start controlling other people's bodies, but here we are. They are trying to ban adults from getting health care. That is what they're doing. It's bad enough when it's kids. Leave it to Biden's Secretary of Labor to score a competitive job offer. Marty Walsh, friend of WAD and acting Labor Secretary, is expected to leave the Biden administration. According to sources familiar with the situation, the former Boston mayor and labor union president has accepted a position leading the National Hockey League's Players Association in his home state of Massachusetts. Between this and 80 for Brady, New England is on a hot streak. (laughs) Walsh's departure is expected to be formally announced in the coming days, as the administration has been a little busy right now with some big speech. I don't know which. Casual. Walsh will be the first member of Biden's cabinet to leave his post, a level of presidential stability we haven't seen since One Direction was still together. (laughs) Honestly, I'm not ready to talk about Harry Styles. I will be, just not today. One direction aside, Marty Walsh is going home, girl. He's going back to Boston and he's cashing in with a $3 million payday, right? Like, I feel like that's beyond what we've seen other cabinet members get when they leave. But yeah, I mean, shout out to him. Get your coins, get your coins, Marty. And those are the headlines. 
One more thing before we go. We're officially in the phase of the George Santos news cycle where it's time to make some merch, y'all. The Cricket Store now offers coffee mugs and t-shirts for three venerable institutions that George Santos has yet to take credit for starting. But it's only a matter of time until he does, naturally. Like the George Santos Center for Middle East Peace and Bird Rescue. That's just a good idea. <laughs> he really should lie about getting that off the ground, you know? Just Truly. To get started. Check out all three designs at crooked.com slash store. That is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, write your rebuttal to the rebuttal, and tell your friends <laughs> to listen. And if you're into reading and not just the prerequisite skills for the Secretary of Labor gig like me, What a Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Juanita Tolliver. I'm Josie Duffy Rice. And, and consider, consider the, the union, union stated. stated. <laughs> it's been a long night, Josie. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Today is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Bill Lance. Jazzy Marine and Raven Yamamoto are our associate producers. Our head writer is Jossie Kaufman, and our executive producer is Lita Martinez. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. This is BVK for Ocean City Tourism, OCMD Streaming Audio. On March 11th, 2024, the title of the spot is STSA Leisure Summer. This is a 30-second composite stereo streaming audio mix. Get away with friends to the laid-back Maryland coast, where you can catch up while casting off and hang 10 while hanging out, where a day on board is never boring and full throttle is half the fun, where you can sink a putt, raise a glass, and there's always room for one more round. Ocean City, Maryland. Somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at oceocean.com. Hey there, Brenda. It's Carol. Exactly. So which leg are we operating on? You mean arm. It's all connected. Asking the right question can greatly impact your future. Are you sure you're an orthopedist? Actually, I'm a Sagittarius. Especially when it comes to your finances. Do you have a question? Are you a certified financial planner? Yes, I'm a CFP professional. CFP professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.